Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. When we talk about the book of the Revelation, Unsealing of God's People, on the 19th of January, 2019, the Lord visited me while I was in uh, Transmira, in a Maasai tribal church preaching in Kenya, Africa. Saying, seal my people by my word, even as I send by angel ascending from the east heaven, the civil living of God, so send I you. Well, that was very profound. And we understand that's the last of the last days. Now, we understand that we're in the last days, but there's been much uh, controversy over the book of the Revelation, especially with the pre-tribulation rapture that really don't read the word of God in Revelation because the revelation of Jesus Christ as given to St. John the Vine doesn't apply to the body of Christ. And it annuls the work of God. But when we study the book of the Revelation, the very first verse tells us who it's written to, the servants of God. So it's a revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave it to him to show unto his servants, not national Israel, not a pre-trib church, a pre-tribulation church, but the servants of God and this whole book. Revelation 1 through 22. So what does it mean? Well, things. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. Now, as we look at the schematic form based upon the Hebrew ABC theory of Revelation 1 through 22, that each chapter of the book of the Revelation <clears throat> has a Hebraic design based upon the Hebrew ABC theory, the Aleph, Beit, all the way to the Tab, to the final ceiling. Now, when we take a good look at that, there's 22 chapters in the book of the Revelation. There are also 22 letters in the alphabet of the Hebrew, and each of those letters have a numeric value, being 1 through 22. And then we find that it also has a picture that goes with it. Now, when we break down the chapters, which we will do using a smart board for illustration purposes, that it will be very plain to us that God uses a base 7 through it. And that's written to the seven churches and to the seven angels, to the seven churches, with seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials, the seven sayings of the uh, cherubim of glory uh, there before the throne. And we see seven marked all the way through it. So many will call the book of the Revelation the book of sevens. It's also the book of the Feast of Prophecy, the Feast of Engathering, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of All Feast, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, it's written to the body of Christ, so we need to take the more earnest heed, lest any of these promises slip us that we should sing short of entering into his rest. That's the revelation of Jesus that God gave unto him, that is, the Lord himself, in the days of his flesh, that office of the Spirit of God being the Son of God, the redemption office, which is our example, and that given to him to show unto us, the servants of God, things. That's perfection. That's fullness of faith. That's all truth. You know, the Holy Ghost leading us into not partial truth, but all truth. And these things, which must shortly come to pass. 
Why must it must shortly come to pass? That simply means that is the body of Christ will come unto perfection. This is God's short work that he will do, a short work, and cut it short in righteousness. The devil won't have a chance to get into it and spoil the work of God. When God has performed his whole work upon Mount Zion, then, and then he will come with that second advent, the second time without sin and salvation for the salvation of his saints, but it'll be a perfect, spotless, blameless church without spot or blemish. Now, it's written for us to come unto perfection. We see that in Revelation, the second and the third chapter, Jesus said, I have not found thy works perfect to Sardis, Revelation 3. And he says to each of the church, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, I know thy works. And then he tells each church in his voice, as of a trumpet, talking with each one, what must we must be done to be pleasing to the Lord and overcome an overcomer. Now, the first thing we see in Revelation 1.8 is who Jesus is in his person, that he is the father of glory. He is that one spirit. You see in Revelation 1.8, he's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. There's only one Almighty God, that Spirit, which is the omnipotent, Almighty, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent Spirit of God. Jesus is that Spirit. Now, true, in the days of his flesh, he was a man uh, there with the Spirit that he is emptied out of glory, made of no reputation to literally save us, redeem us that were under the law. God himself made himself of no reputation to take on the form of a servant to be made and under the law to redeem us. Who did it? God himself. Now that's the person of Jesus, the Father of glory, the Word, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God that Jesus is and has been and always will be. But it goes on further than that. It goes into the work of the ministry, which we are all called for. We see that, that God gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Now, those that are perfected, what? For the work of the ministry. What ministry? The ministry of Jesus Christ. We cannot bring that ministry of Jesus in a body that has not been perfected in the fullness of glory, because it would not bring forth Jesus to all the nations, for a witness to all those nations, and then the end come. It has to be in the fullness and power of God. That is the Christ generation. That's the reason why in Matthew 1, you'll see there's 42 generations from Abraham to David, 14 generations. From David to the carrying away into Babylon, 14 generations. They're carrying the way to Babylon unto Joseph, we find 13 generations of whom was born Jesus, 13th generation, who is called Christ, 14th generation. Why would it make that break between Jesus, the 13th, and Christ, the 14th, in that third section? Well, because of 42 generations, or the time, times they have three and a half years, 42 months, 
of the work of God and the work of the ministry. It is divided into 14, and 14 is the number of salvation in biblical numerics. And that speaks of three different seasons. The first season being Passover, which speaks of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and Leviticus 23, in a time of shadow of things which are to come, is the feast of Passover. And that was on the 14th day of the first month. Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us. We see that in the death, burial, and resurrection in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then we see the next season. It begins in Acts, the second chapter. They're filled with the Holy Ghost when the day of Pentecost was fully come. The Feast of Weeks are the Feast of Pentecost, 50 days after first fruits. We have wave sheaves with leaven, obviously, the church there. In Acts, the second chapter, receiving the Holy Ghost, the church age, and the dispensation of grace. But now we're entering into that last season of tabernacles, or that last season of sevens, perfection. And that's what the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ is all about. In totality, from Revelation 1 through 22, it is written to the body of Christ to come unto the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ and the judgments of God poured out upon the earth. Now, the judgments of God are not to destroy mankind. That's what the devil says. That if God loved you, he wouldn't do this work of judgment. But because God does love us and do not, does not want us to perish with the world, then he uses judgments that in the chastening rod of God that we are pointed to that rod and the staff of God's judgments beginning at the house of God and which every man is a partaker of that chastening rod. And if we be without chastisement, then are we bastards and not sons. All that God loves, he chastens so that we will not be condemned with the world. That's crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust. There, mortifying the deeds of the flesh by the rod and staff of God. That's the Holy Ghost doing his job. That is, he has a fire a, whose fan is in his hand, the Holy Ghost fire, and he fans it, and it burns up the dross and purges the sins, and the flesh out of the believer's life where we may be presented blameless to the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. It is all God's grace and his love to us that we receive the chastening of God because the rod of God is not upon the head of the wicked, only upon the righteous. And we find that this chastening rod of God, he's telling us in these judgments. Then Revelation, the second and third chapter, that we must come to perfection to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. Now, as we go on into Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, the fourth and fifth chapter, we find before the throne of God that we are made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus as the body of Christ, not raptured yet, 
But as it states in Ephesians 1, when he said Jesus Christ, uh, there man glorified at his own right hand in heavenly places what he wrought to usward, the body of Christ. When he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, a place prepared for us, not for him, but for us. And we see that in Revelation 3.21. Whosoever overcometh, Jesus said, I will grant to sit with me in my throne, that is, at the right hand of God, not a physical right hand, but that is not car being a physical right hand, but dexios, D-E-X-I-O-S, a Greek word meaning to be elevated or that uh, exalted, an exaltation. That's what he did for the body of Christ. He did that for us, not for him. He's always been the spirit of God. He's always been the Father, Word, the Holy Ghost. He's always been Elohim or the Jehovah Lord God Almighty, that one spirit. But in order to redeem us under the law, he, in Philippians 2, 6, made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory, took upon him the form of a servant. That servant is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see that in Isaiah 43, 10, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Now, with those having that understanding of the person of Jesus, that he is uh, that servant, thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I've chosen, the true witnesses of God, that he says that you may know and understand and believe me that I am he, the Lord is that servant. Before me, there was no God for me that shall be after me. Now, that is this fundamental doctrine and the principles of Christ, that he is the father of glory. But now we go to the work, the work of the ministry. We know his person. That's in Revelation, the first chapter, that he is that Allah. That is a picture of an ox with a Hebrew first letter of that ABC theory. The longest chapter in your word of God gives us that Allah through the Tav in Psalm 119. 22 chapters each one having eight verses under it, because eight's the number of new beginning, showing us the statutes, uh, precepts, judgments, all that commandments of God. It's Jesus Christ. He is that spirit. Well, the first one is Allah, has eight verses under it, which is number one, there's only one God. There's only one spirit. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That is the dominant commandment, Mark 12, 29. When that scribe asked Jesus, what's the dominant first commandment? Jesus responded, Mark 12, 29, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt serve the Lord with all the heart, soul, and mind. And the second is likened to it, love your neighbors yourself. For all this hang all the law and the prophets. Well, he is that spirit. So that's what's revealed in chapter one. Chapter two, we go to the bait, the house. Jesus is that dwelling, and now that he is, they're gone into and extended and been glorified back to where he was before, that he has prepared a place for us, where in the days of his flesh he is the light of God. But when, as he said, it's expedient I go away, for if I go not away, the Holy Ghost of Comforter will not come. And out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. 
This he spake of the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. But when he's glorified, he's going to send his spirit back to us. The son of God is coming. Give us an understanding of him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his son. Jesus Christ is the only true God in eternal life. The only one. That's 1 John 5, 20. That is the Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now you are the body of Christ. In the days of his flesh, God manifests in the flesh, showing us the way, the truth, and the life. But then he ascended back to where he was before, glorified with the Father's own self. There showing us plainly the Father that he is that Father of glory. And now that Father dwells in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. There, now we are to be that house, that temple of God, which we are. That's given us Revelation 2. Gommel, carry it over, huh? Three, four, Dela, there's the door. Five, ha, there's the spirit. We go on. But then we find in the didactic, the capsule description of the book of the Revelation is written in Revelation 12. It gives us a capsule summary of what the whole book of the Revelation is about in the work of the ministry, not only the person of Jesus, but also the work of the ministry for which we are called. As mentioned before, in Ephesians 4, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Now, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The edifying, the edification comes through each individual member there, literally lifting up Jesus. For the edifying of the body of Christ, Till we come to the unity of the faith, that is one mind and one accord, and the knowledge of the Son of God. That knowledge is not just a general knowledge that, well, Jesus is that spirit. Well, that's true. Jesus is that spirit. We don't know him after the flesh, but we know him after the spirit. Jesus is that spirit, 2 Corinthians 3.17. But it is not gnosko, simply just knowing him, that he is the spirit of God. But it's epi, Gnosko, epi being much higher in elevation in the knowledge and glory of God. That epi, Gnosko, is the knowledge of the Son of God being, what, a perfect man into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, being full grown, not newborn, not newborn children, uh, babies or little children. A newborn babe desires in sincere miracle the word they may grow thereby. That's where we first born again of the water and the spirit, Acts 2.38. There, if we do not, if you have not heard how you're born of the water and the spirit, please turn into the podcast on that. I'm speaking to those that are going on to perfection, speaking wisdom to them that are perfect, even as Paul stated to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 2nd chapter. Now we go on. Now from Newborn babes to little children. You have known that Jesus is the Father, 1 John 2, 12 through 14. But you don't stop there. Now we go into the work. The first two growths are learning who he is in the person, the image of God Almighty, that he is that spirit. Now, when you reach that state of little children, you're now not just born again, little newborn babes, you have come to the knowledge that Jesus is that spirit. 
that only one spirit of God. Jesus is it. He is the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, the El Shaddai. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Elohim. There, now we go into the work of the ministry. That goes into that knowledge of the Son of God and the work of the ministry, which will be in and through the body of Christ. Now, as we take a look at the didactic, or the Lamed, which is Revelation 12, as we focus on that today, it focuses on the work of the ministry, not just the person knowing who Jesus is, the Father of glory. It focuses up on his work in and through the body of Christ, revealing Jesus to the world. The gospel of the kingdom being preached unto all the world for witness unto all nations. And then the end will come and gives us a summary of that work. Now in Revelation 12, 1, reading out of the King James Version, believing the authorized version there where before 1925, we hold to that being the word of God and the KGB purist. Now there's other uh, translations, and that's fine and wonderful. ESV and ESB, the NKGV, we understand that, but we're speaking here today out of the KJV, an authorized version, Revelation 12, verse 1. Now, as we break it down, there'll be podcasts on this, and then we will break Jake's chapter down according to the schematic of the sections that it's done, not in chronological order, but in a chaotic scheme of writing. And Scripture does not interpret Scripture, as some state. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Christ in you, interprets the Scriptures. You may be reading one part, and it'll refer to a natural state of things. When you read the very next verse, it speaks of the spiritual state of things. And we see that in Revelation 13. That Revelation 13, very simply, it says we see a beast that has seven heads, ten horns, and his horns, there are ten crowns upon them. Now, we're not looking for a physical, literal beast coming up out of the sea. There, we know that the revelation uses many uh, than typology. And these things that we have to see, they are given to us in the apocalyptic books of the Old Testament and the prophets. But it's revealed by the Spirit of God, not just by something we said, well, uh, there's Joseph. He had the dream, the sun, the moon, and 11 stars. Why well, didn't it have 12 stars? Because Joseph is the 12th star. Why? Well, there's a reason. And we will focus on that particular reason today. There, the woman does not have 11 stars in under her feet. Our crown of 12, 11 stars, and she has a crown of 12 stars. That moon is under her feet. The, star, the, the stars are upon her head. But there's 12 stars, not 11. Now, let's read verse 1, and let's get into it. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. Not just a wonder, a great wonder. Now, we're going to see another sign in heaven in verse 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. 
That's a second wonder. But they didn't say a great wonder. They just said a wonder. Why? Because this is a great wonder. And it is the work of the ministry that God is doing in and through the body of Christ. Now, many are going to tell us this is natural Israel. But when we take a good look at it, it goes way deeper and further than the nation Israel. The elect is now, according to grace, and the natural Jew can be saved if he enters into being born again and the plan of salvation. The election, according to grace, can still be saved. Howbeit, this election now is according to grace. And this is definitely defined by Paul in Revelation 9, I'm sorry, Romans 9, Romans 10, and Romans 11. Exactly how God will save all Israel, both natural Israel and spiritual Israel, but at what salvation? And that requires the leading of the Holy Ghost. Now we know that blindness in part has happened to the nation of Israel that the wild olive branches could be grafted in. Now, the church then, then has come to the Gentiles. Then when the fullest of the Gentiles become in, then God returns his focus back on the nation, Israel, national Israel. And that is what Paul is stating there. He is not a Jew, then there's one outwardly in the circumcision of the flesh, but he is a Jew that is one inwardly, circumcision of the heart in the spirit, whose praise is not a man, but of God. And that is by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, Romans 2, 28 and 29, Romans 6, 1 through 6, Colossians 2, 10 through 12. Now, if you haven't heard that message, please turn, tune in to the podcast. Now, let's talk about that Revelation 12, 1, the didactic, that Lamed, that capsule description and learning and teaching us the basics of the capsule description of the work of the ministry. And that is, there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun. We're going to see, and the moon under her feet. Why under her feet? And upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. Now we understand Genesis 1. The sun to rule the day, the moon to rule the night, to rule. But what is the sun? Well, Malachi 4. The sun of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. It's righteousness. It's always Jesus' face appeared as it were the sun. That's the righteousness. That righteousness uh, is that he is God and the glory revealed, and it's in the face of Jesus Christ. Notice in Matthew 17, Jesus is transfigured before them in the days of his flesh. He wasn't glorified yet. He hadn't been death, buried, and resurrected yet, and then glorified. He was on a mount of transfiguration, a mount apart. And there, taken with him, Peter, James, and John. And then we see the work of the ministry in this mountain, this kingdom that's apart from the world. Why? Because Joseph will be apart from his brethren. That's the reason why there's 12 stars up, up on 
her head a crown of 12 stars, not 11. As Joseph had the dream that Jacob and the, uh, the, and the mother and his brothers there would worship and be an obeisance to him because Joseph would be, obviously, the 12 star. And Jacob said, are you saying that all of us and our family are going to do obeisance or obey you? And the other brothers were offended at Joseph's dream. But many will say, well, that's the dream of the woman being national Israel. Well, no, because it said that sun, the moon, that is Jacob and his wife, and then the, the 11 stars were his brethren, true. But Joseph is the 12th star. And this woman is clothed with the sun, the moon, and her feet, and upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. Now, why? Well, Joseph was apart from his brethren. Jesus went to a mountain apart. Well, why is that so essential? Well, because, very simply, it gives us revelation, and this is only through the Holy Ghost. Only those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, not what the Bible in a letter is saying, but what the Spirit is saying. Well, what is that? Well, let's take a look. The Son is the righteousness. Jesus' face shows and shown as it were the Son in its brightness. Well, we know that's the glory of God. Well, she has that righteousness, not of her own self, but the righteousness of God by faith. She has entered into from faith to faith, from glory to glory, to the, to the final epoch in faith, that son. Now, we understand that that son in that solar year, 365 and a quarter days, we see that given to us in Ezekiel. We see the moon, the lunations given to us in the book of Jeremiah. We also see the prophetic year, solar year in Ezekiel, that lunar year are based upon the moon in Jeremiah and the prophetic year in Daniel. Now we will go into that in detail with the podcast a little later on. But the full glory of God revealed in and through this woman coming unto not just a newborn baby or a little child or just a young man, but to the fullest of the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. And what would then that dream that Joseph had of the 11 stars bowing down before him, along with the sun and the moon, along with 11 stars, but yet now this woman is clothed with the sun. Well, this means been baptized Christ and put on Christ. Christ is your wedding garment. But that is that son of righteousness arising with healing in his wings. That there's coming to cherubim or the living creature status in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. Coming to full glory in the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. The moon in under her feet. What would be the moon? Well, the lunations. The Feast of the Lord in Leviticus 23 are based upon the lunar or the moon. And that is, we have three different Feasts of the Lord. 
the Feast of Passover, the Feast of uh, Weeks, and that Feast of Tabernacles in three different seasons, a season of Passover, season of Pentecost, season of Tabernacles. And within that, seven feasts of the Lord. There we see the moon is under her feet. Why? Because she has walked in the leading of the Holy Ghost and performed the lunations. The moon is under her feet. How much? All of it. She has done the full seven feasts of the Lord in the full perfect glory of God. And upon her head, a crown of not 11 stars, that would refer to Joseph's brethren, but 12 stars upon her head. Why? Because obviously the 12th one would be Joseph. What does that mean to us? Let's take a look at it. And uh, that she's with child. It's the time that she has come to full truth, full faith, full glory in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's time for her to bring forth Christ in her. That will be the witness of Jesus to all the world for witness in all nations. And then the end will come. It's the fullness and the power of God and the power of his Christ. Now, as we see in Genesis, we're going to see that when we have Joseph's dream, that he states those that, that bowed down before him. And, of course, we understand that that was his brethren, or the 11 stars. But when we see in the oath to the tribes, what will befall thy people in the latter days, these days, the last days? We find that. In the oak to the tribes, Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, however you want to pronounce it, tells us that in the last days, the work of God will be according to the oath to the tribes. The oath to the tribes were given to us first by Jacob and also then by Moses. We see this in Genesis 49. Now let's take a look at what this woman has. It's referring to that 12th Star, not 11 stars that we see in the dream of Joseph. It's not national Israel. It's the fullness of the work of God and the consummation of all things with the bride of the body of Christ coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. And she's going to birth Jesus, this full blown to the full glory of Jesus, as stated in 2 Corinthians 3. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. There she is. She's clothed with the sun, the moon, and the feet upon a head of crown of 12 stars. That 12 star being Joseph there. And she's bringing forth a man child caught up to God into his strong throne room revelation, much higher than Pentecost. This is not a half egg of beaten olive oil that we find in uh, the Pentecostal realm. This is golden oil that we find in that Zechariah 4, that we find in the cherubim of glory in 1 Kings 6, 23. This is what we see in the body of Christ coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Jesus Christ, not in a sanctuary revelation, but throne room revelation flowing from the throne of God in tabernacle truth, not Pentecostal, not seen through a glass darkly, but tabernacle, 
and open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, changed into the very same image. Well, that will be revealed in earthen vessels. You see that in 2 Corinthians 3. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but that face shown as it were the sun. That's the son of righteousness, Malachi 4. The lunar, the moon, and under her feet, Leviticus 23, all the feasts of the Lord, they're not only in death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, Passover, and Leviticus first fruits, not only in Pentecost, Acts the second chapter, but now to the fullness of glory in the revelation of Jesus Christ that will be in, revealed in, and through the body of Christ to all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the Lord will come. The second advent without second without sent unto salvation the second time. Now, why is that important? With the twelve stars upon her head, a crown of twelve stars. She's come to the fullness. She's come to the fullness of birth. She's ready to be delivered. This that in Hebrews tells us that God has provided some better thing for us. Why? That they, all the ones that died in faith, having never received the promise, without us, should not be made perfect. Why? Because when the body of Christ is perfected, and that perfect, spotless, blameless church comes to the image's image and the fullness of Jesus Christ, it will perfect, perfect that all that died in faith, bringing every, the whole body of Christ into perfection to the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ, a glorious church without spot or blemish, that Jesus is coming back for. It has to be to that measure, a perfect image of Jesus Christ, not with carnal-minded, whether we're still carnal, backbiting, envy, strife, hate, malice within the body of Christ, and this work of judgment, this work that God will do in the last days, will perfect that, and many of understanding shall fall to try to purge them and to make them white. When we find here, we're focusing on Joseph now because he is that 12th star. Why is he the 12th star? Because she has a crown of 12 stars. She's clothed with a son, the son of righteousness. She's on that mount with Jesus apart. And Peter, James, and John sees this transfiguration. The body of Christ is being transfigured not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of their mind, that they can prove what is that perfect will of God. There she is. The moon's under her feet. She has walked, not only talked it, talked it, but walked it. She's not been a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. In all the seasons of God, the moon under her feet, she's walked it. Now, the 12 is the perfect government of God, but not just 11 stars that bowed down before Joseph. And why Joseph? Because now here's the 12 star, Joseph. And we read about Joseph and the oak to the tribes, according to Habakkuk, giving us that what shall befall thy people in the last days, according to the oak to the tribes, uh, given to us by Jacob in Genesis 49 and uh, Moses in Deuteronomy 32 and 33 in the Song of Moses of the oak to the tribes in these latter days. Focus on Joseph. Here she is. That's the word to Joseph. This is Genesis 49, verse 22. Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well. That's a well of illumined waters, whose branches 
run over the wall. There's the walls of salvation going to all the world. The archers have sorely grieved him, the enemy coming against, and shot at him and hated him. Why? They hated him for righteousness sake. Because of the call of God. That's the reason you're not of the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. It hated Jesus first. Then he goes on and it says, but his bow abode in strength. That's that toxin that we read about in Revelation 6, 1. It was a white horse rider and a bow given to him. Not an arrow, but a bow. The bow's a toxin. It's an ornamental fabric bow given to the victor after he's won the battle. But Jesus gives us, the body of Christ, this toxin, this bow of victor, the victory bow, before the battle even starts. And he went forth conquering and to conquer because the body of Christ is more than conquerors. There, that bow is abiding in strength and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. Not in our power, we're standing in the power of his might. And it said, uh, from thence is the shepherd the stone of Israel, the rock which the builders rejected to become the head of the corner. That rock is Christ. Even by the God of thy father, whom shall help thee? And the Almighty, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breast and of the womb, the blessings of thy father, and he goes on and said, the blessings of thy father prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be upon the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brother. That's the reason why Joseph's dream had 11 brothers buying down to him. He was separate from his brothers. Notice that Jesus on the mountain was a mountain apart. Matthew 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration. There is that crown upon her head of 12 stars. It's a blessing of uh, Joseph upon her head. That is the body of Christ. It is not Mary. It is not national Israel. It's the church of the living God bringing forth Christ. Jesus in and through the body of Christ. Take a look at Moses. According to the oath to the tribes. Let's see what he says also about Joseph on this 12 star that is upon her head. A full 12 stars and a perfect government of God. Not apart as Joseph from his brethren, but working for the salvation of Israel. But coming together as one. But notice how he used Joseph. What they thought for evil, God turned for good. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to purpose. It didn't say all things are good. It said all things work together for good. God's plan and purpose and will being accomplished in the earth. Take a look here at Joseph 
Deuteronomy 33, this is upon the head of the woman, the church. That's you and that's me. Those that have gone on, not little, not newborn babes, not little children, not young men, but the full grown body of Christ in heavenly revelation. That is so profound and critical that we understand we have to be within that throne room, not Pentecostals, but going to that higher glory in the work of the ministry, not just knowing Jesus is the Father, that he is that spirit, but going on to the work for the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. And that's what it's all about. That's what the work of the ministry is about in Revelation 12. And it goes on, and here is Moses' description, what prophesied over Israel, what shall befall thy people in the last days. And this is Deuteronomy 33 in the Song of Moses in verse 13. And Joseph, he said, Blessed of the Lord be his hand and in be his land and for the precious things of heaven. Remember, there was all the things, the blessedness of the blessed of the deep, the blessings of, of all upon the head of Joseph the blessings there of the things, the things of the full faith and all truth given upon the head of the woman. That is the final sealing in Revelation 7, sealing the servants of God where? In their forehead. Then she's crowned with the 12 stars, not 11, 12. Joseph then is prevailing upon her head, all 12 stars stars and the blessings of these precious things of faith coming unto all truth upon this woman. And it says, and of Joseph, he said, blessed of the Lord be his land and for the precious things of heaven, for the dew and for the deep that couches beneath and for the precious fruits brought forth by the sun. That's a son of righteousness. That's the healing in his wings, not of us, but of him. And for the precious things put forth by the moon. That is a progressive truth given to us in the feast of the Lord, which are the moed, or the divine seasons of God and the appointments of God for his church. The precious things put forth by the moon. And for the chief things of the ancient mountains, the ancient everlasting hills calling for us to the deep things of God. And for the precious things of the lasting hills, the hills of glory. And for the precious things of the earth and fullness thereof. It's a fullness of Christ. It's a fullness of revelation. It's a fullness of all truth that we, the body of Christ, have received. That's the bottom line of Revelation 12, which is the didactum, or that is the capsule description of the whole book of Revelation given to us in Revelation 12. Is there no warfare? Of course there's warfare. Is another wonder in heaven? That dragon, the old serpent, the scorpion, the dragon, that comes after the woman that brought forth that man-child. There will always be a battle. And for the goodwill of him that dwelt 
in the bush. We know the goodwill of God. Let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph. That's the head of the woman. That's that 12 star. And upon the top of the head of him that was separated from his brethren. This is about in the part. He was separate from his brethren. Now it's come together. What? The body of Christ has been separated. The diaspora made a pray for every brave and this beast on every high hill, but the body of Christ coming together. The woman's clothed with the sun, the moon, and their feet upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. The blessing of Joseph is now upon her head. That is the church in all truth, not just partial truth, all the precious things of heaven and earth, the precious things of the sun and the moon, everything in the glory of God, they're coming into all truth she has received. And it says, his glory is like the firstling of his bullock. And his horns are like the horns of unicorns. The horn is a power. What happens here? With this body of Christ, very important. With them, he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth. Gathering the people together in one through the power of the corns, the horns of power of the unicorns, the unity of the faith. Bringing the people together in the one mind, one accord, in the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God that is upon the head of Joseph, which is upon the head of the church as a mountain apart, as Joseph was apart from his brethren to bring everything into one. For they are the thousands of Ephraim, double fruit, and they are the thousands of Manasseh, crucified to the world, the world unto him. There we have a brief summation of the work of the ministry that we will go into detail. Now that is just hitting the very tip of the iceberg. That's just very the tip of the truth. It goes into much of the precious thing and those need to be broke down. But you get the idea. We all are coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, not for just saying, well, thank God, let's worship him, but for the work of the ministry, carrying this gospel of the kingdom to all the world for a witness unto all nations. If God's dealing with you and if that has uh, bore witness with your spirit, then I want you to email me. Let me know that you're listening and hearing the truth of the word of God. We are in the last of the last days. My email address is sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. Email me. I'd love to meet you. Sealing. S-E-A-L-I-N-G, God's, G-O-D-S, people, at Dennis, D-E-N-N-I-S, Beard, B-E-A-R-D, dot org. There I look forward to hearing from you in your email. There, if you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. Again, sealing God's people at DennisBeard.org. We're praying God to perfect that in each one of us that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.